Hey, all my IFG friends, this is Steve. I want to say, you know, if you like movies like I do, we've started a new podcast called Happy Hour Flicks. Uh, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. It's all about nostalgic movies that we love, and we bring on special guests each episode, and we also have specialty cocktails made for each one, too. So it really is an hour of a good time talking about movies that we love, like Gremlins, uh, Seven, uh, Free Willy. Uh, we talk about The Last Starfighter also. So, I mean, we kind of run the gamut across all the decades and really have a great time. So I wanted to invite you to come over and join us at Happy Hour Flicks, anywhere podcasts are found. This is the, the independent, independent, independent filmmaker's guide from Framework Productions. Framework, Framework Productions. This is the Independent Filmmaker's Guide mini-episode. I'm your host, Stephen Pierce. When I think of a romantic comedy, I think of films from the 80s and 90s starring Tom Hanks, Matthew Broderick, Helen Hunt, Meg Ryan, and other staples of the genre. But more and more, those films seem to reflect a time that seems more in our history than our present. My guests today are sisters, taking aim at the romantic comedy genre in an effort to make it resonate more with the actual experiences of millennials and Gen Z with their production company, Clean Slate Productions. Welcome Amy and Kimberly Datnow, here to talk about their first film, Daddy Issues. Amy, how did you guys come up with the idea for the film? Well, it's, it's quite a personal story to us because our dad died when we were... Um not much younger, but um, a couple of years before we made the film. And we were living in other sides of the world. I was living in Israel and Kimberly was in LA. And um, we'd call each other and talk about our modern dating kind of mishaps, whatever that means, um, and just laugh at these stories. And we wanted to make a film about different types of issues that we came across, different types of daddy issues, basically. We wanted to make a film about, like, things that your parents do that, like, really kind of mess you up. We both loved, like, 90s rom-coms when we were growing up, 2000s rom-coms, um, and we just felt like they were a bit unrealistic sometimes to the things that we actually went through, and so we wanted to make things that were actually realistic to what we were going through. Um, yeah, more kind of um, deeper issues being resolved so I think that we we you know we realize like happiness is an inside job and I know that it's like the cliche term but it's also um the psychology behind that is that you know romantic comedies don't necessarily have to be the typical traditional trajectory that they were in the 90s for example I think that was um that was where kind of Keen Slate started and that's how we were born and now um, we've got a couple of films coming up, and um, and we're finding um, we're finding more and more funding for the for the types of stories that we're making. So, which one of you uh, like tore up a bunch of pink flam flamingos in uh, an ex's yard? I mean, that was a the flamingos were like a metaphor for like the kind of female like empowerment that you feel when you like just broken up with someone and you're like, oh my god, like when you get you drunk doing? and you get a group of girls together and it just like escalates <laughs> yeah um but I think we have real fun with that scene because um we were just kind of like what can we do that would be like the most destructive thing and at the time there were these flamingos in like the dollar store and we just thought that would be hilarious to rip these heads off this like I this kind of cartoon item that 
Well, what like what? Why else do they sell these flamingos? <laughs> not to do. Do you remember when flamingos were everywhere? They were just on everyone's Instagram, and so we were just like, we have to use flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we came to hate them as well. We were like, it was quite cathartic. We kind of pitched the idea to each other back and forth. Um, and then we we kind of sat down and thought, what are the hilarious stories that we've heard from our friends? And like, it, it was a real labor of love. Um, a lot of stories are real stories that our friends were going through. Yeah. And how, how many, how long did you spend writing it and developing the idea? About six months. About six months to write. And when yeah. you, so when did you actually, and how did it go from a script? How did you get to the next step of actually turning it into a thing? we heard these stories over and over again. We were like, wow, this isn't just our problem. This is actually a problem with the generation. And I think that's when we thought we could make a more universal story out of it. So once you had the script done, did you partner with a production company? Did you know like uh, the director or how to, did you guys do it independently? So Amy and I are actually um, sister, real sisters. And we realized that there's actually no other real sister production companies in the UK so we thought wow we'll, we'll, be the first, we'll be the first real sister production company so we set up our own production company Clean Slate Productions and um, we realised that making stories um, that were funny for the millennial generation would be a really good um, company brand and we set up the Instagram and we immediately got a lot of followers from um, just promotional things that we put out there and um then when we took this film to festivals, we got a massive audience following and won some audience awards as well as Best Actor, Best Film Awards. And I think that filming the production company and doing it ourselves was actually the best way to, uh, to get funding for this project and to get this project off the ground. Because like you said, it is really difficult to fund um, indies. And um, it was really also how we, met, how we got Peter Jason involved. He's done adaptation with Meryl Streep and like a few... Mm, better known actors um so how did you guys go about finding so you, you went to festivals and it went well you were doing well in these festival runs how did you go about finding the sales agent and connecting them and getting through that did you do it through an agent or who, how did you get the connection at first we were pitching to a lot of different people and then the one that we went with actually just um approached us through through a festival that they found us through so that was really Great. great. I mean, I think that's the dream, right? You display at a festival and then they actually see it and they're like, hey, I'm enthusiastic about what you're doing. So, Amy, what is it like finishing your script and then watching it kind of come to life in these scenes? And how do you uh, how do, was there a lot of you did so a lot of improv, right? So how do you handle that as being a writer? Well, I, I um, came from a journalistic background and I was sent to this press um, interview, this press screening of Noah Bambach's film. And that's when I got really inspired by the Mumblecore movement. I don't know. Do you know the Mumblecore movement? Um, I've heard the name. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I could say what it was off the top of it's my head. It's kind of um, really realistic where you let the actors improvise. And um, we had a lot of UCB people and people that were good at improv. So I wasn't too precious about the scripts. Um, and it was just really cool to see it come to life. It was different. It's, I think it's always different from what you imagine it's going to be, but that's what the filmmaking process is about, isn't it? Just like. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, do you remember any scenes that you like wrote and you imagined kind of one way whenever you both were writing this? And then when you got to set, they just totally took a different turn and you just let the actors go and follow their lead? 
Yeah, definitely. The um the scene in the office where Kimberly does her um her kind of stand up scene that went really well. I really enjoyed how that turned out. It wasn't exactly the scripts. Um and I remember also like we had an issue with like a wardrobe item that became like a major piece and then we didn't have we like lost the jacket or something. Um, I was running around everywhere trying to find something that looked the same, but like it was impossible. Um, so that was just like a ridiculous thing that happened. We filmed the scene one time and uh, it was two days in one location and an earring disappeared after day one. And it was a very, very prominent earring. <laughs> and uh, it was quite a quite an eventful morning. I didn't find out about it till we were ready to roll, thankfully, because I was I would have freaked out a lot more. But luckily, they found it in a soap dish or something somewhere insane. But I, I can sympathize with the disappearing piece of wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how meaningful how much you need these pieces. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It was like that that one that one piece of wardrobe was um almost part of the like part of the character's identity. So it was it's like if you lose the earring of like in the girl with the pearl earring kind of thing. <laughs> like Yeah. How many backup earrings did they have? <laughs> yeah. So Amy, if if there was something you could go back and change of doing this over again, having made the first one now, what would you do differently? Um, I would probably spend more time developing the script because we went in and it was really cool to do, to keep it quite loose, but we were still changing things when we were, when we were filming, um, which, you know, came with its own quirks. But, um, I was once in a Q and a session with Woody Allen and he said that he, um, he would rewrite pages on set on the morning of being filmed because he just felt like he needed them to be to be changed you know so i think it's cool to keep things fluid but um definitely spending a bit more time in development would be key kimberly is that the same for you you know the, the places where you where you tend to run out of budget and aren't able to do it is in those read shoots that you need to do because the story didn't fit in with how you thought it would um so yeah i definitely agree with amy definitely so where can people find uh, Daddy Issues now if they want to follow you on social media or, you know, buy the movie even better? It's Clean Slate Productions on Instagram. Um, and then you can you can find it on iTunes, Amazon. Yeah, our website, um, cleanslate-productions.com shows everywhere that you can buy the film. Um, but the main platform is, is iTunes and Amazon. And um, we are the film with the blue poster because that's... Daddy issues, as you can imagine, is a popular title, and um, so so yeah, that's that's us. <laughs> Amy, where can people find you if they want to follow you as like as you develop um, your new script? I'm on Disnow Datnow on Instagram. And uh, how about you, Kimberly? Yeah, I'm uh, Kimberly Datnow on Instagram. Um, we love filmmakers and we love what we do, so you know, hit us up. <laughs> reach out and check out the film daddy issues thank you guys very much for coming on today thank, thank you, so you so much. much thanks for having us filmmaking is a collaborative experience and so is this podcast follow us on instagram at framework underscore productions for upcoming episode announcements and leave your questions in the comments for our future guests the first 10 to comment are immediately entered to win a monthly prize Please take a second to subscribe so you know about future episodes and leave a review. It really does help us. For more information about today's guest, visit independentfilmmakersguide.com to see visuals, diagrams, and to see links to the episode in video and article form. 
IFG is a community, and we want to help you in your filmmaking process. Hi, I'm Anthony Paul Cavaretta, an independent filmmaker from Long Island, New York, and I am reading the credits. IFG is created by Framework Productions and directed by James Allardyce. It's produced by Matt Mundy, edited by Audrey Ray McHale, and hosted by Stephen Pierce. The music is by Glassboy. Find his music on freemusicarchive.org. See and listen to all the episodes plus bonus content at independentfilmmakersguide.com. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, we just wanted to take a quick moment to talk about two personal things. First, we wanted to thank you, our listening community and our wonderful guests, learning so much together along the way and continuing to learn, sharing our stories, making a lot of new friends and collaborating, which is exactly what this is all about. Which also brings me to my second point. In great part to many of these new relationships, we wanted to let you know that we've taken a lot of this advice ourselves and made our own narrative feature film, Heard, H-E-R-D, Heard, which is premiering this October on Friday the 13th in select theaters as well as on VOD. Personally, I think it's the perfect kind of scary movie to watch during our favorite scary season. So we'd love for you to celebrate with us and watch Heard. You can pre-order it on Apple TV, and of course, do the communal thing, see it in theaters. Of course, for all of this, please see our show notes, but basically, we're going to keep it all updated at herd.film. That's H-E-R-D dot F-I-L-M, herd.film as well. Thank you again, and be sure to give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to build this community and collaborate. IFG, how movies get made.